I usually make a, a album a year since '96, since Reasonable Doubt. I always put out an album. I always have. I mean, if you listen to any one of my albums, it's just the emotion and what I felt during that time. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I had a lot going on. So I had a lot, lot to write about. You know, I went in the studio one day. I made seven songs. That goes to show you, like, like my my music is is what's going on in my life. You know what I'm saying? So that one day, I made seven songs, and from there, it was just like it just was like spilling, just spilling. One song is about called H to the Izzo. That might be the first thing. It was just sick. It is just it just it's life in general. So if if anything like anything that you know that's going on in the past year is definitely gonna be. Um, included in that album. All culture. I, I, I do this for my culture. Black culture and hip hop culture. It's Corners of the Culture with D-Lo and KC. Thank you for downloading the latest episode of Corners of the Culture. I'm D-Lo. He's KC. Yes, sir. This podcast is meant to touch every corner that makes up our culture, black culture, and hip-hop culture. We appreciate you so much for being with us. Uh, thank you for the downloads. Thank you for the ratings. Thank you for the reviews. Please keep those coming. They go a long way in helping this podcast grow every uh, five-star rating, uh, every review, even if it's just one sentence, man, particularly on Apple and Spotify. Those go a very, very long way. And we do something different today. When we laid out this podcast, this was one of the things uh, that you and I were were really looking forward to doing. And throughout the the life of this podcast, we're going to revisit some classic albums and given the we've got a couple of good ones coming up given the 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 time of year that we're at here uh in september thought, man we're both big jay-z fans why don't we start our first uh album revisit with a bang and we go to an album that you and i both consider to be perfect Mm -hmm. and it's the blueprint Mm -hmm. jay-z man Man, and I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna just come out swinging right now, Damien. I'm gonna just come out swinging. I went back and listened to it, you know, again in recent recent days, just preparing for the pod, making sure I got everything covered. And uh, this might be the greatest hip hop album of all time. Okay, you yeah, now yeah, I'm coming out swinging. This might be pound for pound. You know, I love my boxing. Pound for pound. The greatest hip hop album of all time. It is flawless. Not saying there's not other perfect tens out there because there are other p- perfect albums. This might be the best one of all time. Yeah, you know it's that's tough because I, I, you know, I, I, I just listened to it. We had this conversation on D'Lo and Casey on ESPN thirteen twenty that you know that, that, that the album might be perfect, but. Like tomorrow, if I go throw on American Gangster, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I might walk. Yo, that album's perfect. That's that's the best Jay Z album ever. And then and then a day later, I'm gonna go put on 444. You know what, man? We sleeping on 444. Like that's the best album ever. Like we, we I, it, it, you, I'm not gonna argue against Blueprint. I'm just saying. And those who listen to the radio show will be familiar with this. You might be getting a little emotional. <laughs> in, your, in your deep dive in, in into the blueprint, though I think you've been consistent in our album talks that you you've always had the blueprint. If if not number one, uh, it was one of the 
top two albums that you would mention when we're talking about Jason? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's tough. For me, it's tough to choose between Blueprint and Reasonable Doubt. I may have to go back and listen to Reasonable Doubt and be like, man, this is flawless or whatever. But I just I just think that that Jay with the Blueprint, that the perfect blend of true hip hop, of bars and commercial appeal. Like he, he had it all. Reasonable Doubt is is phenomenal. He's got the, the true hip hop, he's got the bars. For some people, and it, it got you know bigger as time went on, but it didn't have the commercial appeal. The blueprint has all that. Volume two is flawless as well. It's, it's a great album as well, but it's not perfect from beginning to end. There's some hits or whatever. There's some misses here and there. Um, I think I think I got this correct. American Gangster, which you just mentioned, which we love, which could be in the argument as being the best Jay Z album. Hello Brooklyn is on there, right? Yeah, I like Hello Brooklyn, but I, that, I like Hello Brooklyn is fire. What are we doing right now? All right, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> we, made it, we made it five episodes. I don't, I don't know what we're doing anymore. What are we, what are we doing? Hello, Hello Brooklyn. Hello Brooklyn would be the worst song on the Blueprint. No, okay, no, it's not. No, stop this. I don't know what you're I don't know. I don't know. Talk on the blueprint. Even a caraway coming out with like these hot takes. I don't know what's going on right now. Hello, Brooklyn is one, it's not a bad song. And no, it would absolutely not be the worst song. It's the not world. a bad song, but it's uh, it, like looking back at it now. I don't I don't have to listen to Hello Brooklyn. I don't have a song like that on the blueprint. Hello, Brooklyn's the record I start with. What are we doing? Stop it. That song is that song is fire. It's a good song. It's a good song. You're a hater, man. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a there's a story to be told with this album because you mentioned this with with reasonable doubt. With reasonable doubt, it's 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 undeniable that the popularity of that album grew uh, as Jay Z became bigger, mm-hmm. and we'll 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 dive into that. I, I think one of the most incredible things uh, about the blueprint is. So much for for me, one of the reasons this is the most fascinating Jay-Z albums is this is like, I think this is the crossover or at least the beginning of the crossover from the Reasonable Doubt guy and in, 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 in the volume. This is like the crossover from the rapper to the business man. Mm. This is where you start to see shades of it. It's 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 not completely there, but you start to see it and you start to you start to like this is where like Jay-Z is really ascending. You know, Pac is gone. Big is gone. Uh, You know, there was there was so much talk about the commission and Jay and Hove and all this other stuff or, or, or Jay and Big, excuse me. And you needed a few years to separate yourself from that. Mm-hmm. And volume three was the number one album. It, you, you could argue about how good it is, mm-hmm. it, especially in the in in the the catalog of Jay Z albums. But it was a number one album. His three previous albums were number one. But when you talk about a shift in who Jay Z is, you got to go back a couple of years. You got to go back to it's 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 funny. One of the things Blueprint is most remembered for is the day it dropped. 
Mm. The day it was released, and 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 we'll get to that in in a second. But that wasn't the original release date. September wasn't the original release date. It was set to drop in November, but bootlegs had become very very popular. So uh, Canal Street, big up to Canal Street, and with 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 bootlegs out there, you you talk about Canal. LimeWire, Napster, all of that stuff being, you know, downloads being available at, 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 at people's fingertips. It might eat up your computer and destroy your computer. <laughs> but might be the last album you ever hear. <laughs> it might take you two and a half days to download it, but you could get it without spending, you know, 10, 11, $12 or whatever it was at the time. So they moved the release date up because of bootlegging. And when you rewind, about two years to 1999, I think you really start to see the transformation of Jay-Z when volume three dropped mm-hmm. and the life and times of S. Carter had gotten leaked and it was all over the Internet. And Jay-Z blamed Lance on Riviera mm-hmm. and on was uh, formerly a Biggs, man- Biggs manager. These were these were guys that were these are two guys that were. Very, very familiar with each other. They, they were guys that were around each other. They were guys that, that that worked with each other. And for reasons that I've never been able to find in my research, Jay-Z blamed Un for it being leaked. And, you know, still being the street Jay-Z, he, the, 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 the story is, and I don't think it's even denied at this point, despite what happened at the trial, is he was stabbed at, I think it was like the Kit Kat Club. It was a release party for Q-Tip. And he gave him the Michael Colleone Fredo line about, you broke my heart. Mm. And the way the story is told, he says, you know, Un, you, you broke my heart. And he stabbed him. Jeez. And I think it was, it, it was like, it was the next day. Jay turned himself in. He goes, you know, he winds up going to court. This whole thing starts going on and ultimately he's acquitted. He, he, he doesn't go to jail or, or, or anything along those lines. But that's one of the events that kind of starts. It starts to set into place change. And another major event leading into this album release was August 25th, the death of Aaliyah. Hmm. Now, that is super important to this story because Aaliyah was really close with Jay-Z and she was dating Dame Dash. Dame Dash and Jay-Z at the time were inseparable. Like everything that they did together, everything they did, they did together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that there's a, there's a, there's a story that's going to unfold throughout this whole process with Dame and Jay-Z. It was in the news as recently as because Dame Dash was talking about it as, as, as recently as a couple of weeks ago. And there's no, there's no indication that Dame changed after Aaliyah passed away. But there was always a belief that Dame was a little bit softer when Aaliyah was around. Mm-hmm. Because Aaliyah was super sweet. She kind of softened him up a little bit. That was and the end of his life, too. Yeah, and and right. I I think there's a line from Dame Dash where he says, "The first Aaliyah is the first woman I've loved since my mom passed away." Hmm. And there's no indication that like Dame changed when Aaliyah passed away. Dame just went back to his old self, mm-hmm. like there was no woman there to 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 soften him up. Again, 
that plays a really important part in this story as we move along. And then, of course, moving up the release date to September 11, 2001. Mm. And, you know, the, it, it, the, it, any story you tell about the blueprint has to include the release date. Yeah. I, I, any story you tell about the blueprint is set to the backdrop of, of what happened on September 11, 2001. I remember my plan for the day vividly. I had an interview with a, a local radio station, V101.1. I'm positive that th- th- they don't recall me being in the, in, in, in the building, but I never got a call to not show up and it, or, no, or nothing like that. I, I went to the interview. It, yeah. As towers were falling, planes were crashing, I, I, I drove to the studio. Or the studio was near, here's a throwback, the Virgin Mega Store. Oh, wow. And I knew when I wrapped up, head over to the Virgin Mega Store. It'll be open at that point. Get the blueprint. Head back. Yeah. And I, I don't. I don't remember how. I know I didn't get the blueprint that day. <laughs> I can't. I actually don't remember when I first bought it. Like when mm-hmm. I first heard it. But it, it. Again, it speaks to the chaos of the album dropping on September 11, 2001. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think when. It's, it's a good point that you bring up. I don't know when I heard the blueprint because it. It wasn't on September 11th, obviously. And even at that point in time, um, like just the way my life was set up, I wasn't like, I wasn't huge into like release dates and I've been waiting for this. Like when something came out, it came out and I would hear it. You know, I usually hear the the singles and okay, the album's out. I'm gonna go get it. Like it it wasn't, I didn't set my clock to it. Mm. But I, I do remember we had conditioning for basketball. I was at CRC. We had conditioning for basketball. There was question of whether or not we were going to have practice that day because everything that had gone on in the morning. And I actually, I had an anthropology class that morning. We like took a test. The teacher was like really sad. Obviously, everybody knows that that day was was just crazy around the country. But we came back. I came back to school that afternoon for basketball conditioning. And some of the guys were we're talking about the album. They're like, yeah, the new Jay-Z and man, it's dope. He did this and that. And one of, one of our guys uh, on the squad at the time, John James, he's now the head coach over at CRC. Uh, shout out to my man, John. He was a big Jay-Z fan. And he was like, yo, he the goat with this one, man. He the goat. Y'all tripped it. What, what more can you say about Jay now? And he got after Nas too. He just ripped the him and Prodigy ripped them down. Like there was a, there was a buzz around. I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta check this out, man. I, I forgot the album was coming out. I gotta, I gotta check this out, but I don't remember. I said that to say, I don't remember when I actually listened to the album. Finally, <laughs> I don't remember. I, I, I don't I don't either. Those, you know, it, it, it wasn't just that day that was a blurry. You know, the, the days following it were were blurry. And, you know, again, going in for an internship interview at a radio station, not getting it in a month later, getting a call from KSFM and starting my time there of uh, 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 a hip hop radio station in, in, in Sacramento. That's, you know, where my journey in, in, in all of this began. And I said, I, I, truth be told, I probably got the blueprint from there. <laughs> like I, I, I don't, I don't, because I'm the opposite of you. I was big into release dates. Mm-hmm. Like I knew when stuff dropped, I knew I, I if I remember correctly, the, the day used to be Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when they dropped, I'd, I'd be there. 
And I'd be, I, I think I'd drop Mace, uh, Life After Death, No Way Out. Like you pick an album from like 96 to maybe 01. Right. I got it on the release date. Like I was, I was ready for it. Um, and then I discovered LimeWire and destroyed like three computers along the way. Real, real, real quick, this quick side note. Uh, used to be Tuesdays. That was the day. You know who changed that? No. It's when Beyonce came out midnight on Friday with the self-titled album. Really? Okay. That, that's when she literally changed the game. After Beyonce did that, everybody came out on Fridays. Ah, that's a good, that's a good note. I didn't know that. That's a good, that's a good note. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't recall uh, the, the, the first time I, I, I heard the album, but you know, listening back to it this week, you know, you try to get yourself in a frame of mind of, all right, how are we going to talk about an album you already know is classic? How are you going to talk about an album that, you know, to this day, it's, it, 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 it is, it's flawless. Like the album is legitimately you know, perfect. And the ruler's back starts and you think like, oh man, I'm just trying to, the ruler's back. It's, it feels like an intro record. Mm -hmm. It feels like I'm bringing you in here on this journey. I'm bringing you in here to this album. It's like, oh yeah, this is, this is cool. It was a simple record. And then takeover hits. Oh, <laughs> hold on, hold on one second. Hold on one second. We'll take over. Look, can we take the people back for just a second? You may be, you may already been doing it, but the takeover was anticipated mm -hmm. because, you know, at that time, I loved everything New York. I was very, very familiar with Hot Nine Seven Summer Jam, and he plays the Prodigy disc at that summer jam in late July, early August. And he plays that verse. And at the time though, that's just the people who were there in New York city. Cause I'm sure they played funk flex, probably played on the radio, but that's all you heard about was, yo, Jay, he dissed prodigy and he said this, and then he put a picture of him up on the product on the, on the summer jam screen and, and all this stuff. So when you hear about takeover, you're like, Oh, I got to hear this prodigy verse. And at the end on the on the on the summer dram stage, he has a line where it goes, You guys don't want it with Hove. Ask Nas, he don't want it with Hove. No. And everybody's like, oh, okay. He said Nas's name. That's that's crazy. I don't know, Damien. Maybe you could tell me. I don't think anybody expected what they got on the takeover on the album. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't. You talk about hearing the whole album, don't recall. <laughs> I remember hearing Takeover. I remember the first time I heard Takeover, and it was like, "Yo, this is vicious." And I know everyone points to hit him up. That's 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 a record I just try to block out of my memory. So when you're just talking about a a a, a disc record that's nothing more, man, I was like, "Yo, what? What is this? Like, why do you do Nas like that? And you, you talk about the summer jam, but that the summer jam that didn't he bring Mike out? So that's what I was trying to figure out. I think he brought Mike out the next year, or it might have been that year. It might have been that, that year. year because that lines up with the the 30th anniversary thing. That's right. It was 2001. That's right. He did bring him out that year. I don't care if you mob deep. I
Wow. Goodness gracious. But yeah, Takeover is 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 one of those it's one of those records that's still, you know, it's one of those diss tracks. That's what it is, regardless of where everybody is at with their relationships now. It's one of those diss tracks that's still, you know, near the top of 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 everybody's list. And it's, you know, you start to see, you know, Jay-Z's, you know, Jay-Z's always been a really good storyteller. So he's been, been a great rapper. And, you know, I think Reasonable Doubt is just, it's phenomenal storytelling. Mm-hmm. Things shifted a little bit with, you know, volume ones and volume two, but but music was, you know, you, you're trying to create a certain type of music that appeals t- to everybody. Like you want the street records, you know, it's like Diddy, you want the street records, you want the radio records and you want the records for the ladies like Chase, like the that was the formula in hip hop in 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 the mid to late 90s yeah and this is where you start like when he starts talking about oh i know who i paid i paid you know something something publishing and then you're going back like wait a minute he's really just murdering Nas because he used his voice on a on on dead presidents and that whoo you talk about getting your attention, starting an album. Takeover did that. The voice said, "Yeah, I sampled your voice. You was using it wrong. I made it a hot line. You made it a hot. I made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. Yeah. I mean, smart enough, Nas. Been in his ten. Been in it five. Smart enough, Nas. Four albums in ten years. Nigga, I could divide this one every, let's say, two. Two of them shits was due. Like, come on, man. Just hope it just." He brought down his whole discography in front of the world. And then and then that's when you start like thinking about stuff like, oh man, he's right. He's, he's right. But the, the man, the man changed his mind mid-bar. He was like, two of them shit was due. One was eh. <laughs> one was eh. was Illmatic. Oh, that's one classic album every 10 years. Goodness gracious. Oh, man. And the flip to that, again, going, you know, this is 2001. You're going back to the formula. He goes into Izzo, Mm. which to this day hits the radio. Yeah. it, It hits the radio to this day. Like Izzo was a... Izzo was a massive radio record. I mentioned I I, I started it. I started at a hip hop radio station a month after this dropped. You know, I think I, I I worked at KSFM maybe eight years. I'm pretty sure Izzo was played the whole eight years I was there. <laughs> massive track. Oh, it was massive. huge. Yeah, it was no. huge. That's, you know, both of the both of the and we should mention this takeover and 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 Izzo, Kanye West tracks. Mm. Yeah. Kanye West produced produced records and and the the story that isn't really a secret anymore. I think a lot of people know this, but just in case the story goes, the Izzo beat was written for Cameron mm-hmm. and the Oh Boy beat was written for Jay Z and was supposed to be like Izzo, right? Like they were supposed to swap songs. Jay Z somehow some way. Heard the Izzo beat, and even though it was supposed to be for Dipset, he said, I'm taking this. And he he creates Izzo. And Cam was waiting for that Izzo beat and was like, Oh man, like I wanted that. Found out old boy was ready for Jay-Z. He said, I'm taking that. He taking my beat, I'm taking his beat. And he creates old boy with that beat. And to be honest with you, it was perfect. 
Izzo is perfect for Jay-Z. Old boy is perfect for, for Cameron. And it worked out flawlessly. But yeah, the, the Izzo was supposed to be a Cameron song. So another fun note to that. Did you know Jay did a verse for Oh Boy? No, I didn't know that. Didn't cut it. <laughs> Jay Jay did a verse for 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 Oh Boy, which is a smash. Yeah, but yeah, Jay Jay cut it or uh, Cam cut it. I mean, yeah, they their their whole one day when we talk about beefs that that underlying beef between Cam and Jay Z. It's got to be talked about. And I've heard Cam talk about it before, and he's like, I didn't have no problem with Jay-Z. He didn't like me, so I didn't like him. Like, uh, aside from that, though, we thought he was dope. We was like, yeah, Jay's dope. And then we come over to The Rock, and he's not really welcoming. And Cam being Cam, he's like, well, fuck you then. But they wound up doing, uh, what was that track? Welcome to New York York City. City. Yeah, which was a smash in New York, at least. It it was a smash. Yeah, I remember being out there when around the time that dropped and you, they played that all the time, all the time. But yeah, that's that, that Izzo Izzo is a song that I'm not crazy about the, the hook. Yeah. But the bars are, I love the bars. I love it. I love it. Izzo might be a song that I don't say this often that I've heard too much. That's that's I'm so glad you said that. That's a hundred percent what it is for me. (laughs) It's a hundred percent. It's that's usually not not that the song is bad and I skip it. It's just like I've heard this song so many times. I'm going to skip. Right. Right. I'm I'm not I'm not really that hyped. And then again, not missing. You go into Girls, 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 a completely different type of record than Izzo Takeover and even different than than the Rulers Back. Oh, my God goodness <laughs> girls girls go i mean it's 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 weird now because he hits i guess you know and it's rap so you know they they have fun with it but he has so many stereotypes of you know the these cultural women but man mm-hmm. he he put that together flawlessly yeah. wow so so if you haven't heard that song in a while um yeah, it hits the stereotypes hard. <laughs> it hits the stereotypes super hard. Chick had to leave a quick because she kept bootlegging my shit. Man. Oh man, like because this was one of those things as we're trying to prepare for this, you kind of put the headphones on, kick back, listen to it, and I remember this record came on. I was like, "Yo, oh, chill. What are you doing?" <laughs> Different time, I guess. Uh, Speaking, of, <laughs> this is I love this. Chicken that niggas next. They now, managed to turn that into a, a radio record. Like that, <laughs> that would hit like Club 102 on Friday night. And I think if if memory serves me correctly, did it was it Jigga that Jigga? Probably Jigga that Jigga. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I think that's yeah. how they flipped it. But you could catch that on a you could catch that on a Friday night regularly. Now, okay, here here's what I'll say about this track, and I'm glad we got here. I was listening to it recently. Traditionally, that's the that's probably the one song that doesn't age well. The whole track masters thing, it doesn't age well, but. I wanted, I'm telling you, I wanted to be like, this is the one that, that doesn't age well. That's not a good song anymore. 
but his flows on there was so clean, so crisp. It keeps it above water. It keeps it above water. His his flows on there, his bars on there, keep that song above water single handedly. Because the music is dated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 it, it absolutely is. Uh, you you don't know is not though. You don't know could drop today and be one of the hottest records out. No, they talking about. I was watching some of the DJs was like, I play you don't know now. Mm-hmm. club 2022 2021 and they go nuts you don't know is come on man this is when the album starts to get into greatest album uh, of all time territory not <sighs> i sell fire in the winter i sell fire in hell i am a hustler baby i sell water to a well i was born to get cake move on and switch states cop the coop with the roof gone and switch plates <laughs> Jay crazy man. Jay, you know, you know what I didn't like though? Is I didn't like the remix with MOP. I wasn't a, I'm not a big MOP. Fan. Oh, boo. Yeah, I'm not a big MOP. I didn't like the remix. I, I loved it. I think I loved it because it well, it it gave me some Annie Up vibes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I think I think that's I think that's why I like it. Yeah, I'm not really but see that just goes to my I'm not really I'm not doing all that. I'm just, I'm more chill. I'm more, I'm like Jay. I'm not, I'm, I'm more Jay than I am MLP. Okay. I, 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 I think you're being foul, but that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're being foul. <laughs> Put it on while you're training. How about that? Put it on while you're working yeah, out. It would definitely work out there too. I, I, I think that's normally where I think that's where normally this this comes in. Uh, occasionally. I mean, it's on my Jay Z playlist, like so. I, I it gets run, but well, yeah, the original for sure. The, the, the original any any time I'm playing that. Stop disrespecting the remix. I don't oh, like you today. I don't. You 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 you've gone at Hello Brooklyn. You went at the the MOP. I, I just I don't know what's going on right now. I feel like you're listening. To this. I got love for you. I'm just saying I I like you in different settings than 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 that song. I just want you don't know to be by itself. I don't need a remix. I just just you don't know. That's all. That, I I, that beat is just so nasty. Oh, it's so nasty. Wow. Uh, wow. A departure from the entire album feels is is sola ovito like that is a complete departure from everything else on this record. Yeah, yeah. and once again, because I was listening again, I was like, man, does does this hold up? And it's his bars again that just bring it on. His bars on that on that song make you not skip it. I gotta I gotta hear about them. <laughs> a Michael Magic Bird all wrote in the one because none got more flows than Young, and if I ain't better than Big, I'm the closest one. That's just, okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you pointed that line out because I f- he I, I I feel like he had always been reluctant to go that far, mm-hmm. and I think this was the first time that he referenced it in that way. Because I felt like it was always Biggs, the King of New York. I'm, you know, carrying your tour or 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 whatever. I think that was the first time where he's like, "Yo, if I'm not that dude, I'm the closest thing." Mm-hmm. And you know, since then, obviously, 
he's that dude. Yes. But that 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 I, I'm glad you pointed that line out because that line really, really stood out to me uh on, on this album because I said, like, man, that's the first time he's that's the first time he's really embraced this. Yeah. And and even even more than embrace it's that you know, he, he paid homage for years like he should, and he does to this day or whatever the case may be. But it felt like at that time he was like, while he was still paying homage to Big, he was like, uh, yo, I'm really nice too. <laughs> like, I'm I'm yeah. really, really nice. And I'm probably the best at this thing. I'm paying respect to, to my man Big. Yeah. But I, I'm probably the best at this. And I we watch wrestling. You need to acknowledge me. Okay, because I'm probably the best at this. I'm not going to just say it in a disrespectful way because that was my man's, but I'm probably the best. Said I ball for real. Y'all niggas is Sam Bowie. (laughs) Another another completely different record. Heart of the City is one of my sneaky favorite records on this. I think I fell in love with this song more after the unplugged performance. Mm. Like Mm. I liked I, I, I liked the song and it stood out on on the album. Then I remember when unplugged came out, I was like, Oh man, Mm. almost a, I mean, almost like a church ballot. (laughs) Taking the church. Yeah. (laughs) It's a church. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, uh, another, again, Kanye West produced joint. Mm -hmm. uh, And another, another song that goes in here and, and kind of changes the pace of the album a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, never change uh, hits after that. Another Kanye West joint, and then one of the I think one of the most incredible songs in in Jay Z's catalog, "Song Cry." Absolutely, and he told David Letterman a story about I think it was when his mom came out to him mm. and told told him you know i'm in love with someone and and starts telling him you know the story he said jace like i don't get emotional like i i I don't cry it Mm -hmm. it's why i wrote song cry Mm. and you know i i I can't you know i can't feel the tears coming down my so i got to make the song cry like Mm -hmm. dude's not an emotional dude uh he's the exact opposite of you and I am emotional. <laughs> we, 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 we're, we're both emotional. Um, but he, the, 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 the story was like th- that day with his mom made him cry. But that's why he wrote this record. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, well, if I can't cry, I'm going to put some emotion into this record. And right. again, it's a, it's 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 not takeover. It sure as hell ain't girls, girls, girls. Oh. But that song stands out on this album and to me as i as i said a minute ago it stands out in his catalog absolutely it's one of the greatest songs he ever made and i i could be wrong anybody that's listening to this you can you can point out different songs and and i'm sure there are he wasn't the first to do it but rarely did you hear the rapper vulnerable like that in Mm -hmm. a song and and also just telling it like it's like i i was i was doing bad i was you know <laughs> i used to cut up their buddies <laughs> and, and all this other like used to say they was ugly and wouldn't touch me now i grown up i pulled up in that chromed out buggy like you you rarely see them talk talked about that in that time frame it was always 
I'm big pimping. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was all stuff like that. And for him to talk about a relationship, uh, whether it was real or fictional or not, but to talk about a relationship, talk about, yeah, I got caught up in the game and, and the fame and all this other stuff. And I messed up and I lost you. Like I lost, it wasn't, I lost you. I, I loved you and I lost you because I was fucking around. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just didn't see that at that time very often. And uh, that's what always stood out to me with, with that song. You know, another thing that happened with that song, that was at the end. I, I shout out to uh, shout out to, to Jigga. And, and I think Just Blaze did the record, too, because they let the beat play at the end of the song. And that allowed me to put that on my voicemail and maybe have a couple of bars <laughs> on my voicemail because there was the instrumental of the song. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't live through recording voicemails, man. You missed out on one of life's great experiences. <laughs> you let that song play and there you go, it's Damien. <laughs> I'm not available right now, but uh, you leave a message, I'll get right back to you. <laughs> and with some dumb shit like, have a blessed day. <laughs> Y'all don't know nothing about that. No, okay. no, no, no. Yeah, y'all wasn't outside. <laughs> if you haven't listened to Song Cry in a while, in fact, if you haven't listened to the blueprint in a while, go go listen to it uh following following this show. And I and I have a rule that we'll get into next week, as a matter of fact. Listen to the album from beginning to end. Don't skip anything. Like there's a reason these tracks are laid out. I think great artists lay out tracks a certain way because they want the album to have a certain flow. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that next week when we revisit Ready to Die. But mm-hmm. this album uh, is no different. If you don't have time to listen to all the Blueprint, man, go listen to Song Cry again. Uh, all I Need comes out uh, after that. Renegade with M. Boy, the, <laughs> and, 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 and this, this re- great record used on Ether. Yeah, this 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 became this became the the catapult for uh, Nas's retort to take over. Yeah, man, and it's been hotly debated for years about whether or not embodied Jay on his own song. Now, can I stall Jay Z out a little bit? Because I was listening to this the other day, and it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Can I stall him out just a little bit? Because I think M was better on that song. The first verse. Jay was trying to figure it out. Second verse, he caught it and everything. You know, he was Jay. But people were like, oh, M killed him on his own joint. Da, 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 da. That was an Eminem song, man. It was Eminem produced. There was Eminem vibes all on the song. That's an Eminem song that Jay-Z got on. Yeah, featuring you know? featuring Sean Carter. <laughs> right. So that's unfair, in my opinion, for Jay to, to essentially play a road game you know, with that being an Eminem song and expect him to outshine him at his own game. I, I've always, I've, 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 I've held that perspective on it. Now, here's, here's a, I don't want to say it's an argument as to why Biggie's the greatest. And I, I don't necessarily want to say that because I think Jay-Z's the greatest. But Biggie played road games and dominated road games. Notorious thugs. The world is filled with pimps. He would play road games and dominate road games. Now, Jay-Z, that may be the only road game he's ever played and didn't win. But 
Yeah, I'll put it to you like this. I believe if, if Big got a, on an Eminem track, he'd beat Eminem. He'd outshine Eminem. That's just what oh, I'd love to hear what that would sound like, too. Like, would Big do a voice? Like, because Big was doing, you know, voices on Ready to Die. Yeah. Would he have done a voice like like M does to 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 match the would he you know how M does like the slim shady voice would would Big have done the you know the gimme the loop guy yeah. on the track and before anybody's listening we're not counting dead wrong because Big didn't even know he was doing a song with Eminem yeah no those right yeah no absolutely not well, no absolutely not embodied dead wrong too and he bodied renegade oh, my God my God Eminem <laughs> renegade and Biggie Smalls from May, uh, the re- the hook of Leia, motherfucker, say it. That shoot, that could be an Eminem record. <laughs> like, like if it, however they put that together, Puff picked the perfect verse mm-hmm. to throw to throw Eminem on that because they they yeah they match they work. Um, the album technically wraps up with uh, Blueprint, Mama Loves Me, but there's the the hidden tracks of. Uh, breathe easy and girls 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 part two can i can i say something real quick about girls 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 part two mm-hmm. this is and, and I'm, I'm trying to be unbiased i know i called it the greatest album of all time arguably and and i don't think he was doing this but i once again i listened to girls 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 part two it sounds like he's trying to be cameron on that song it sounds like a cameron song go back and listen to it it sounds mm. like a Cameron flow. Oh, the way I could see, not that he's trying to be Cameron, but Cameron influenced on that track. I'll go listen to Girls, Girls, Girls. And it's sick. I love the album. She said, I ain't no fool. I'll make it up in summer school. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the song is sick. But I listened to it the other day. I was like, damn, it's kind of sound like Cam. I got to ask my man Ace, see what he thinks. I'll run that back. Uh, I didn't get that. I didn't get that impression from I tend to carry more rumors than Tim Mariah carries. <laughs> hmm. I wonder who wrote that track. You know who else has an impact on this album? Um, believe it or not, is Michael Jackson. Mm. Jackson's got some some vocals on part two. Mm-hmm. And uh, I Want You Back is, is a sample on Izzo. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't one of them he's not credited? I think it's Girls. Yeah, part two. Girls, that's yeah. 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 He might have just got that dub at the summer jam and (laughs) and, and was like, yo, I'm a I'm gonna throw this on right here. You know, can you hear what which where is Mike on those songs? Because when I read that I was like, I I don't remember hearing Mike. You know where he's at? He's it's 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 just a it's it's just a sample of the beat on Izzo. Um, Izzo, Izzo for sure, but on girls, I thought it was is it part? I thought it was the original girls that he was he was uh, got an uncredited sample for. Oh, maybe it's the original. Maybe, 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 maybe I thought I, I thought it was I thought it was part two. Um, I don't know where he's at. There's on. a bunch of I know there's there's like sound from Q Tip and Biz Marquee on on, yeah, on, on the original too. Yeah got credited with something um the fallout from this album like i i can't remember when this album like really started to hit a status where it became yo we're 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 talking about like volume three which is now 
to, to be fair, completely, th- this is a different time. But volume three, the life and times of, of, of S. Doc Carter, you know, dropped in 99. Mm-hmm. That album went three times platinum. Mm. That's three mil plus. You go, you go forward to the blueprint, 2001, September 11, 2001, it drops. That, that went platinum two times over. Mm. The blueprint two, three times platinum. Hmm. so this is this is this is still the black album three times platinum this is still an era where where you know the 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 music industry is changing Hmm. but albums are still selling and you look at the albums around the blueprint even when you throw in the dynasty if you want to consider that a a a jay-z album or not even when you throw in the dynasty that's two million it's there's nothing there's nothing like thriller like Right. About the blueprint, just as there's 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 nothing, you know, thriller like about reasonable doubt. These albums have grown in stature over the years. And I think I think part of the reason is. As. You know, 2001, September 2001, I just turned 21. Hmm. That album sounds different at 21 than it does at 31. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't sound the same. I mean, reasonable doubt. You know, the same thing. But that's that's a world I can't. I I can't relate to what he's rapping about on reasonable doubt. Right. Blueprint. I can. Right. Lost loves trying to grind, doing all that stuff. I could relate to to all of that. And the in the in the in the album sounds completely different as I got older than it did when it dropped. And I wonder if that. I wonder if that's part of the. I wonder if that's part of the lore of the album. I wonder if that's part of the, the. You know, the, I wonder if that's part of the reason people covet the album the way that they do today versus at the time. Yo, it was hot. It sold well, but there's nothing in terms of sales that says, yo, this is this is album of the year material. Right. No, that's a great point. That's a great point. And I I, I wonder when it made a turn, because did it end up there? It it ended up at three million or two million. Like that's where it's at today. I have it certified at three million right now. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That's but crazy. Remember, but remember though, this is this is that's a, that's a you know through the RIA. That's that's a that's you went to Tower Records, right? It's outdated at this point. It's different. Yeah, it's just it's 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 not the same. Like you look ahead, American Gangster went platinum. The Blueprint Three went platinum. Four 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 went platinum. Mm. You, you you think only a million people got Four Four Four? Right. That's like how many people went into a, a that's how, like how many people own the CD. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the interesting thing about it, we always talk about September 11th and him dropping on September 11th. Um, I think they said he sold 400,000 units the first week. Wow. The, the world, the country was in turmoil. Yeah. But they went to get the, somebody went to go get the blueprint. To yeah. get four hundred thousand in the first week, like some of the young people listening, oh. you guys don't really understand what that means. That's a massive number. Yeah, in the first week, it's a massive number. Well, and you know, to use your analogy earlier, your home court was just destroyed. Mm. Your home court was covered in ashes. Yeah, that's four hundred thousand, almost certainly outside of your arena. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's it's crazy. I wonder. One day we're going to talk to to Mr. Sean Carter one of these days. And I, I remember when we did our interview with Rick Ross and I asked him the question about Teflon Don and I used the LeBron analogy. 
where LeBron had two championships before the one with the Cavs. So he was a champion. You can't ever take that away from him. He's a champion. But winning against the Warriors who had won 73 games and doing it in that fashion, that third one made it where like, all right, there's nothing you could really ever say about LeBron ever again. This guy is one of the GOATs in this league we, we've ever seen. And I asked Rick Ross about Teflon Don, and while he did good in his previous two albums, Teflon Don felt different, and it felt like it put him on a different status. It's a little different with, with Jay, because Jay had reasonable doubt, had um, volume one, two, and three, especially two. Two, he shot off like a rocket ship. The dynasty was huge. But I wonder if he feels the same way about the blueprint when that was dropping. Is this going to make it different for me? Like, this is, y'all can't tell me shit now. Look what I'm just about to do. We talked about Nipsey a couple of weeks ago with Victory Lap and how he knew Victory Lap is, nah, this is it. I wonder if Jay, and it'd be even more impressive after all the, he had a lot of albums before that. If he sat there and was like, nah, this blueprint shit, this is different. This is this is legendary stuff. I wonder if he felt that way. Yeah, it certainly would be. It'd, it'd, it'd be fascinating to know because, as we said to start this, that's where I think I feel like things did become different. Um, before we get to that, uh, Reasonable Doubt debuted June twenty fifth, nineteen ninety six. That was a, you know, Rockefeller was still very independent at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, In my life, uh, debuted at number twenty three. In my lifetime, Volume One. Uh, released November 4th, 1997, number three. Mm. That was the last album that didn't hit number one. Wow. Wow. Volume two did it. Volume three did it. What did volume two do? What was, was that? How many did it sell? Uh, volume two, Hard Knock Life, five times platinum. Yeah, volume two was a... <laughs> That was a monster. As 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 the kids say when we talk about basketball, volume two was a problem. <laughs> volume two was a problem. Same formula though. Yeah. Hard knock life, radio smash. Mm-hmm. Can I get a radio smash? Money cash with DMX. That, that was like a rap city smash. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was, you know, yeah. They 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 was out there. I mean, uh, I don't. I know this song was on there. I don't think this song was made for the album, but Money Ain't a Thing is on that record. The Jermaine yeah, Dupree song. Yeah, absolutely. And I was uh that was, oh, a, that was huge. I don't smash. I don't that was Jermaine Dupree's record, right? Yeah, I think they both they put it went on both albums. So J J D had I forgot the name of that. It was like it was a year or something, like nineteen forty two or something like that. It went on that and it went on volume two. That sounds right. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah, that five times platinum, man. That was a smash. But every record he's dropped since then, uh, all the way down to 444, uh, was number one. So let me ask you a question before we get out of here. Did I convince you? Is this the greatest hip-hop album of all time? Well, you ain't going to do that to me. Like, you have a peer pressure. Like, I'm a 17-year-old, and you got a beer in your hand. You ain't going to do this to me. You doing that? What you would No. No, I, 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 I love the album. The, the, the album is incredible. And when you, when you look at, I, I think for me, what, what one reason that you could sway me is the impact of the album and kind of what happens next. Like 
mentioning that, that feeling like this is kind of where this is kind of where the his his legacy starts to change for me. This this is where it become he he starts to you know switch from a rapper to the, you know the businessman. The blue the blueprint too had massive anticipation, mm-hmm. right? And you knew you knew the blueprint too was going to be special. Again, radio records for days, all over that the gift and the curse, like everything you're 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 looking for is on there. But during this time, you get out of the blueprint and it, you, you you feel the anticipation of the blueprint. And then comes the Black Album. Mm. And through all of this, through all of this, Def Jam is taking notice. Like, it's not just Rockefeller anymore. It's the distributor. Like, it's Def Jam. It's taking notice to this. And headed into the Black Album with all of the anticipation for the blueprint headed into the black album like this this was Def Jam's project more than it was Rockefeller's project mm. and mm. that pissed off Dame Dash and when you look at the two years between the blueprint and the black album that's where you get the divorce mm. of Dame Dash and Jay-Z and I know Dame said recently you know greed and money and all of that stuff is is what ended their relationship mm-hmm. well when you dig a little bit deeper and you do some research you find out that that's that's not exactly true like we, we talked about dame's personality earlier mm-hmm. and he was a really he was a really difficult person to work with abrasive <laughs> aggressive right he was really really aggressive and he was very into public humiliation he had a camera with him at all times. He was documenting. He didn't care if you were the head of Def Jam. He didn't care who you were. If he thought he had an opportunity, shoot, it was Jay-Z. If he thought he had an opportunity to humiliate you, he was going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that started to rub a lot of people at Def Jam the wrong way. And they started going because they saw Dame and Jay as business partners. When Dash would fly off the handles, they'd go to Jay. Mm-hmm. And Jay would smooth things out. He'd be the businessman. Mm-hmm. Jay would smooth things out. Jay, 2001, you go a year later. Um, what you mentioned something on the radio show, Mariah Carey. Mm. Mariah Carey had had her, her, her like little breakdown around the same time. And um, I think his name is Lear Cohen went and visited her. And she, that meant a lot to her. She wound up signing with, signing with Island Def Jam. She went off to like an island to record, um, wasn't the Emancipation of Mimi, but. Uh, Is it Heartbreaker? Heart- heart- what was it? What was it? Was it heart- It wasn't Heartbreaker or Glamour. What was that? The Rainbow one? Yeah, maybe. I think, I think it was that one. Anyway, she went off to record an album. It was probably it was it was the Rainbow one because because that had Heartbreaker on it with Jay Z. So it's 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 probably that one. Jay goes out there, and uh, along he's he's taking w- what he'll call his you know his his first vacation ever as an adult. Mm-hmm. It's Sandro Pay. Guess who he's riding with in Sandro Pay? Beyonce. Mm. So that's I th- I don't know if that's where they met. Or they went there together, but I I think I think I think that's where they met, and that relationship blossomed. While he's away, Dame 
fires two of the two 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 of the people closest to Jay Z in the company. They call Jay like, "Yo, Dame just fired me," and Jay says, "That's fine. You you'll you'll work for me now. You'll be my like if 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 one of the guys was a assistant, he'd be like, "That's that's fine. You're my assistant now." Mm-hmm. You fired a financial director. Okay, you're you're my financial director. Jay Z got tired of doing that, shit, so he comes back, and Def Jam takes charge of the Black Album, and then once the Black Album gets out there, Jay takes I think two years off from recording. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where everything between the two separates. Jay Z becomes president of Def Jam, yeah. and within. I think within a couple of months, they buy out Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. He buys out Rockaware, and his relationship with Dame Dash is over. Yeah, and, and it it seems like you know Jay. They were two guys that had a vision coming up, and then they it came into a fork in the road. Jay was going one way, and it wasn't even really a fork in the road. Jay was going one way. Dame was still trying to do things the same way they did Reasonable Doubt when yeah. they were coming up. And Jay's like, we ain't got to do it like that no more. Like, we're in the, we're in different rooms now. Yeah. Like, we can't, we can't do it the same way. We're in different rooms or we have an opportunity to get in different rooms. And you going about things that way is going to mess it up. And Jay had to make a decision. And uh, he, he, made, he made the decision and he's now – a mogul. Not to say that Dame isn't, because Dame in his own respect is is a mogul, but but Jay-Z's on a whole nother level. Those those albums, real quick, mm-hmm. Rainbow in 1999, Glitter in 2001. That's the one. Glitter. glitter. Okay. Yeah. What's on Glitter? I don't remember. I think they there was the song Glitter. I don't remember any like big time songs from there. Lover Boy, I think I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um yes, you don't. I don't. I don't remember glitter at all. When do we get to the emancipation of Mimi? Because that arm bracelet in two thousand two, and then she's off for three years, and in two thousand five, the emancipation of Mimi, and mm. that was hell. That might get an episode. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the the emancipation of Mimi was a that was an experience. <laughs> that was an absolute experience. Um, Dame never learned how to be, you know, Dame never learned how to be in those rooms. He never learned how to, how to run companies. Like he was like Rockefeller was paying for a $35,000 apartment in, you know, New York. Mm -hmm. And like the, the, the expenses for Rockefeller, Rockaware were just like sky high. It's one of the reasons, like when you look at the buy, when you look at the buyout prices for those two companies for Dame Dash, they're so low. And the belief is it's so low because Def Jam was like, we're taxing you mm. for the $35,000 apartment you've had for the last three years. We're taxing you for the $2.5 billion, uh, $2.5 million photo shoots you kept, kept mm. trying to put on for, for, for Rockaware. And it's just Jay-Z learned to be in those rooms. Right. And Dame didn't. And I, I think, in my opinion, it all started with the blueprint. Mm. Wow. Changed everything. Started with the blueprint, peaked at, at, at the Black Album, and I'd argue nothing has been the same since the Black Album came out. Nah. 
We hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of Corners of the Culture. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review, send the link to your friends, uh, throw it in a group text, put it on Twitter, uh, screenshot it, throw it on IG, tag us at Damian Barling, uh, at IMK Diddy. Let us know that you are out there. Let us know that you are listening. Uh, Let us know some things that you may want us to cover. But don't do it next week. Next week's locked in. (laughs) Uh, You talk about the greatest hip-hop albums of all time. Blueprints up there, but it's gonna have to wrestle it away from ready to die. Oh, uh, and big, I'm not being disrespectful to big. I'm gonna I'm go listen to ready to die again, and I'm, I'm probably gonna change my mind. I'm probably gonna say, Yeah, that's the greatest. Album. You almost certainly will. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm positive you will. Ready to die is the, the, the album that changed the way. I listened to music forever and it dropped on September 13th, 1994. So we're right around that anniversary. Uh, we're going to talk in depth about that. Again, we appreciate you so much uh, for tuning in. Subscribe, rate, review, uh, share it with your friends. And we'll be back here next week. Corners of the Culture. Peace.